Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. We are joined today by Salima, who is a brand strategist and the founder of You Flourish, which is a brand consulting firm helping working professionals and entrepreneurs discover, develop, design, and deliver a strong and magnetic brand. I am so excited you're here. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'd love to have you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got started, maybe even what drove you to focus on branding. I actually started in the branding space in 2020. And how I got into this space is really just putting a title to the things that I enjoyed doing before. What I mean by that is I was working as a financial aid representative at a college and also helped with recruiting and helping incoming college students get the right footing as they begin their college journey. While I was speaking to those students, I was always without realizing, helping them discover what their personal brand was so that they can maximize their college experience and actually get the most out of it and leave a memorable impact on the campus, on their professors and with their classmates and just making sure that they know that the narrative is in their hands and they can come out of college with everything that they wanted to come out of it with. I didn't know to call that branding until 2020 when I took a look in my own life and I realized I was like, okay, you're going to college yourself and you're trying to figure out what it is that you actually want to do, but focus on what you're passionate about. What do you think your purpose is in life? And start from there. That's when I started to realize the things that I just described is where I felt most happy and just took the leap of faith then and started you flourish and just helping in a more official capacity and expanded to what it is now. That's amazing. Maybe it's because I've been in the entrepreneur space for so long, but when I think about branding, I always just think about business owners and entrepreneurs. There's that whole other level of working professionals, college students. I wouldn't have even put branding towards that type of person. That's fascinating. Yeah, that was a common misconception that even I had. I didn't know to call it a brand because I always assumed branding is for entrepreneurs, for businesses, corporate businesses. And I didn't think that the term could be used with people who didn't necessarily see themselves starting a business. But when I realized, I'm like, no, it can. If you want to make an impact in some way, whether it's in your business or in your workforce career, you have a brand. You need one. <laughs> I really love how you have it worded on your website and I copy and pasted this so that I would remember to say it because I think it's so brilliant how you said this on your website. It says your business or profession is how you are used. Your brand is how you are remembered. <laughs> I think that is like the perfect definition of branding and how there's a difference between it's not just what you do. It's so much more than that. For sure. And I think why I worded it that way is because it really does not matter these days. 
shouldn't say it doesn't matter what you do. It does. But really what makes all of us stand out is our unique value and our ability to communicate that value to our audiences, to our colleagues in the workforce, or even our bosses, if we're trying to get a promotion. All of these things really rely on your ability to know who you are and what your value is to the area and the environment that you're in. I feel like when it comes to a personal brand and I don't know if you've experienced the same from people, but I find that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially introverts, when it comes to telling them to work on their personal brand, they share that they think they're boring, their business or their personal life is boring. So for them to make a personal brand, they find it really hard to really dig into who they are and what makes them unique. Do you find the same with certain entrepreneurs, a lot of times people have that worry that I'm boring and I don't really know how to show up as a personal brand. Oh yeah, for sure. And I would say I thought the same way, like I'm boring. And especially as TikTok started to really grow, you saw a lot of dancing trends and just a lot of high energy people who were not afraid of the camera, who put themselves out there and more power to them, but that was never me. So I said, I'm not going to be on here doing TikTok dances. I won't even force myself to do it. So I'm like, there's no way to really dominate a social media space without me being that extroverted and energetic and yeah, just as wild and carefree as those people are. But then I realized that even as a consumer, I gravitate towards people that are a little bit more calm or a little bit more soft-spoken, just where I feel like, or maybe a little bit more gentle, where I feel comfortable to have that conversation with them and they're not overpowering me. And I'm not saying everybody with energy is going to overpower me, but I feel like a lot of people who are more introverted do gravitate towards introverted entrepreneurs or introverted people in general. So I would say nobody's boring. It's just nobody's for everybody. When I realized that, and I realized that I could still utilize social media, especially, but utilize my platform to attract the audience that would relate to me, then I realized that there is somebody out there for everyone. That's so true. And I've had the same path. I tried to force myself to do reels and show up live and pretend to have this bubbly energy, which was just so exhausting (laughs) because I just felt that that's what I had to do in order to attract a wide audience and grow my business. I very quickly realized that it's exhausting, first of all. (laughs) And you could tell watching some of the reels and videos back that it wasn't authentic. So they weren't really getting me results anyway. So I was putting myself through all of this stress and pressure to do these things and they weren't really getting me any results. What was the point? (laughs) I completely agree. So I think it's important for any introvert. You don't have to attract. It's not just people who have a huge bubbly personality because I'm the same way. I'm really attracted to people who have more of a low energy around them. I find that sometimes I get exhausted just being on a live call with a coach or a trainer that's like super high energy. It just drains me. So I think it's important to just be who you are and whoever you're meant to attract, you will attract. (laughs) Absolutely. I could not have said that any better. So what is your favorite marketing platform or method for your business? Is it Instagram? It is definitely Instagram, but I will say I am aspiring to be a better blogger. I think Instagram is great as it obviously allows you to share visual content with people, but 
I like longer form pieces of content. I don't think I can ever be a YouTuber. I think sometimes my issue with Instagram personally is I feel like I can't get everything out without fatiguing my audience. I feel like Instagram is really built, at least they're shifting gears to really keep up and compete with TikTok to be short form content. There's very quick, easy, digestible content, which is great. And it has its purpose. I think everybody should try to figure out how to get their message out in the most clear and concise and quick way. But I personally want to bring blogging back. And by bring blogging back, I just mean really get the Gen Z demographic to really start going and taking the time to read a little bit more, watch a little bit longer of a video and actually fully grasp the concepts that I want to share. I totally can relate to that. I can't remember how many times I've been, like I schedule all of my Instagram posts using Planoly and it'll be like, oh, you're this many characters over the caption limit. (laughs) Now I have to go back and edit my thoughts because it's too long. So yeah, I love blogging as well. I think it's a great way for especially introverts to get more of their message across. Plus there's so many extra benefits to it as well, like search engines and organic traffic and all of that fun stuff that is so beautiful once blog posts are ranking. (laughs) I personally think that you attract the types of clients you want to work with. I personally want to attract the clients that take a little bit of extra time to make sure, A, that an investment is right for them, or B, just seeking that value, seeking that knowledge, and really making sure that they're understanding everything. That's the ideal client that I want to attract. Then obviously like me, trying to capitalize on that short form content isn't going to bring the ideal client to me. For me personally, it does for some, but for me, I definitely like people who want to take their time through things. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of it that way. If you don't want to attract clients, I'm thinking especially like service providers, if you don't want to attract clients that are like, I want to see results immediately because they're so focused on quick types of content and quick wins, that's only the type of content you're sharing and putting out there, then that potentially is the type of client that you're going to be attracting. Exactly. So what would you say are some of your top branding tips for somebody who is maybe just starting their business? Number one is find your why. This is why I am extremely intentional about making sure that I'm letting my prospective clients and current clients know that do not rush this process because Your why is your most important thing. It's the nucleus to everything that you should be doing within your brand. Journaling helps. There's actually a book. It's at Target currently. I don't know if it's everywhere, but at least at my Target, I've seen it for the last few months. It's called The Story of My Life or A Story About My Life or A Story of My Life. It's prompts that take you through your whole life, honestly. And some things I haven't even come across yet. So I'm going to definitely be keeping the book for a long time, but Prompts to just get your juices flowing and thinking about the things that have brought you joy or the things that have brought you stress, helping you understand what your values are, helping you understand where you're most effective and where you're most at peace. Just figuring all of those things out and brain dumping it on one journal or one piece of paper, that is what I would say everybody should start with. Because if you have a good grasp on who you've been and who you're trying to become, then it helps you create a roadmap to where it is that you want to go. I love that. I feel like a lot of people say that people love talking about themselves, but for me, it's always been such a challenge. I don't know if that's because I'm an introvert or what, but that book sounds so interesting. I'm going to look and see if they have it here because yeah, there'll be a post in a Facebook group, like 
share one thing I wouldn't believe about you. Like I totally blank. I'm like, I have no idea what to this book really helps me. Like I said, those types of questions stress me out because I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. But really, when I sit down by myself, you know, light a candle and just really make it a very therapeutic moment, I feel like I can think a lot clearer and I don't have the pressure of someone waiting for the answer. I don't have to feel the pressure of looking at other people's answers and realizing mine are not as fully fleshed out as theirs are. It's just all of that impacts my ability to focus on what it is that I'm trying to discover about myself. So I definitely advise checking that book out. And I'm sure there's plenty of others that are similar and just prompts to help you discover you and who you are and why you are the way you are. I think it's important too to not overthink our own lives because I've heard so many people say things like when we say, find something unique about yourself. A lot of people struggle with that. Then they'll say something and I'm like, I find that totally unique. That's so cool and unique to me. I love how you said that because we're all different to someone. Even if you don't think your characteristics are unique as far as like what you enjoy, what your hobbies are, what makes you laugh. And even if you don't think those things are unique, the combination is always going to be unique. If you like coffee and you are obsessed with making candles, somebody else is obsessed with making candles and somebody else likes coffee. But how many people like coffee and enjoy making candles at the same time? So it's like kind of figuring out just who you are as a composition of so many different things. And you might consider the individual things ordinary, but the combination is unique. Nobody else is you. I love that. I noticed on your website that you have incorporated cooking and being in the kitchen into your personal brand. So something like that, I think is brilliant. If that's something that you're really passionate about. For me, I'd probably say biggest similarity that I could reference for my own brand would be how I've incorporated my foster dogs that I adopted and how animal rescue is a huge passion of mine. I've started to incorporate that more and more into my brand, sharing photos of my dogs, and maybe I'll start doing funny videos of my dogs. But I think something like that, it's not totally unique. It is in terms of nobody else has the same dogs I do, or (laughs) they don't act the same way. Exactly. I think why I did that initially, I wanted to make sure that people understood how I am so anti-hustle. I work hard. I definitely work hard and I try my best to stay diligent and driven towards my business goals, but that's not my entire life. I think it creates a connection with my audience, my clients, to be able to say like, oh, you're not going to give me a bunch of homework. Like you're going to get upset if I decide to go on a hike or whatever it is that they do decide to do to unwind or relax for a bit. I want them to realize that, no, your brand encompasses everything about you, not just what makes you money, not just what your career business is. It's your hobbies too. It's your dogs. It's your cats. It's your butterflies. It doesn't matter. But you're such a holistic person. And I wanted to lead by example with my audience and show, I'm not going to just sit here and tell you about my offers. I'm going to show you what I do when I'm away from my desk. That's kind of why I decided to do it that way. And cleaning is definitely a huge passion of mine. I haven't done much of it lately. It's just, I have no energy, but (laughs) it's still always been such a huge passion of mine. I feel like it's so important because so many times I see entrepreneurs or mostly service providers. I feel like all they sometimes talk about is their clients or their work or what they offer. When I 
decide to work with somebody like a copywriter, I want to get to know them. I want to feel like I'm interested in their hobbies. They seem like a fun and interesting person. It's not just about the skills. Yep. I think somewhere down the line, it was communicated to people that you will attract more clients if you show your clients how busy you are, or you show your clients how much money you're generating from your offers. And I don't know where that came from, but (laughs) that has just never really sat right with me because it's not an accurate depiction of everything that goes on behind closed doors. I think authenticity is something that matters so much to me. So good for them. People are highlighting their 10K months and 20K months. And I'm like, great for you. And that's something to definitely be proud of. But I think your client deserves to know you holistically, as opposed to just how you are when they pay for your services. That's something I find too, with posts that are primarily about their monetary wins or their business wins in terms of dollars. I find that if they don't go into a little bit more detail, that tends to turn me off or make me feel like, okay, they're so in demand that they won't have time for me. And I really prefer a slightly personal touch and connection that would turn me off and make me go to somebody else. It does depend. And I think that's key to brand loyalty making sure that your audience sees you as somebody that they can even call a friend, even if they've never met you one-on-one personally. I think showing that you're way more than just your service will help them connect to you, refer you to people, even if they haven't worked with you. I think when you show that side of yourself or other sides of yourself, then people are like, oh, okay. And you're way more memorable in that way. Howard Schultz, I believe, has a quote, Basically, if people share the same values or people connect with you, they'll stay loyal to you. I can't connect with people that I don't particularly enjoy. So if if someone's just spewing their monetary wins at me the whole time and they don't talk about how to avoid burnout, if you don't talk about the times and you don't have to put your business out there per se, but if you don't talk about the realness about being an entrepreneur, I won't feel connected to you. So I don't know if I'm going to necessarily stay loyal to you. I will be proud of what you've accomplished, but I don't know if I'll be able to say, oh, you have to check her out. Like she's great. That doesn't happen for me at least. So I think being more holistic towards your audience, building a brand off of everything about you and not just what you do will help generate that brand loyalty for sure. I think that's so important too, to even really think about the content and the messaging you're sharing in terms of who you want to attract, because If you are just posting about all of these wins and programs you're doing and all this work you're doing, for me, I'm the same way as you. Like, I'm so against hustle culture. It's just a huge pet peeve of mine. So, when I see that, I'm going to be like, it sounds really exhausting. That doesn't sound like somebody I want to work with because I don't want to have to show up 60 hours a week and do all of this stuff or have a massive size team. You have to be mindful about who you're speaking to in terms of what you're sharing and leading by example too. Oh yeah, absolutely. In terms of Instagram in particular, when it comes to brand aesthetic, how do you feel about that? Is it super important in terms of a personal brand and being on Instagram? I'll answer this question in two parts. I think consistency is important. I don't necessarily think matching is. What I mean by consistency is everybody should be remembered for something visually. 
I think it helps someone say, if I come across this color, I'll think about Salima. But at the same time, I don't think you should feel so confined to that look or to that color, to that pattern, whatever it is that you choose to be consistent in. Sometimes it could just be consistency in your image quality. Sometimes it could be consistency in white space, like just the composition of your images. I wanted to be clear that I'm not saying everybody needs to have the same cookie cutter templates and every photo has to have the same preset in order for you to have an aesthetic feed. But I think the aesthetics or at least the feeds or the look of your Instagram page should really reflect some consistent element you want your brand to be known for. I love how you said that because I feel like there's two types of people and very few times do people actually land what you were describing, which I would say is kind of like a middle ground. They're either on the far side where they just throw anything on there. (laughs) It's not at all cohesive in any part, in messaging, in style, in anything. Then you have the people that are so particular that it has to totally be kind of like when you go to their profile, it just looks like every post is almost the same because it just all blends together. (laughs) I think whatever can make you show up consistently, because somebody like me, I can sit here and edit my pictures in the same way and everything kind of have the same hues and things like that. I enjoy that. If that's something that's overwhelming for you, it's not required at all by any means. You can still grow your page without it, but I would just make sure what you're putting out there reflects what you want your brand to be known for. So if you don't care that you have red, green, yellow, and blue in the same line, in the same grid, okay, that's fine. But is your brand that scattered? Is your brand that colorful? If it is, great. It's consistent. But if you're doing that just because you're unsure how, there are definitely ways where you can create a more cohesive feel. Or if you're doing it because you don't care, that's another thing. It's definitely finding your comfort in creating something that you can execute consistently. What would you say are the most important steps if somebody is just developing their brand or redoing their brand? I feel like a lot of people just get started and then over time they realize I have no brand and (laughs) then it's time to actually put some kind of brand strategy together. What would you say for somebody who knows they need to work on, develop, and implement a new brand? Like, what are some of the pieces of a brand? There's your non visual brand, non visual elements of your brand, and there's your visual elements of your brand. I always start with non visual because I did visual first, non visual last, and it definitely gave me a brand identity crisis because I was like, okay, I got my logo together. I got this, but what is my mission? What am I actually going to do? So I will definitely start with your brand's non-visual elements, which would be your vision. Where do you see this brand going in the next 10, 15, 20 years? And then have that there as something to always strive towards. Then your brand mission is what are you doing now and how are you doing it? Once you figure out those two pieces, then it's how are you going about carrying out that mission and how are you going about striving towards that vision? That would be where your brand values come in. A trick to figuring out your brand values is, I don't necessarily like dwelling on the negative, but it definitely helps when you're reflecting and figuring out what your values are. It's figuring out the things that you don't like. I strongly dislike when people make me late which is funny because if someone is late, say we're going to a dinner and the person I'm going to dinner with 
is running late on their own, it's not that big of a deal to me. I would address it's a little frustrating, but I just don't like when I'm driving with someone or going to an event with someone and they're making me late because I feel like I want to be known as a timely person. They're impacting that. So I realized that time management or timekeeping is one of my values. Figuring out the times where you've been frustrated or you just didn't particularly like something, figure out the root to that. And that's almost always going to be one of your core values. That was a little sidebar. But yeah, definitely mission, vision, values is my top three. Then from there, you can kind of start dabbling into your visual elements. And that is creating a logo, creating a logo that you will use consistently. Even if you're making a personal brand and you don't have a business, I think making a logo out of your name or initials, it helps you own that brand. There's no strategy behind that. I'm not saying one resume is going to be better than another just because you have a logo on there. But I think when you create something like a logo, you have that ownership of your brand, your narrative, whatever it is that you're trying to showcase. So I would start with that. And then the color palette with similar psychologies, doesn't matter if your resume has a tab or a bar at the top that has your brand colors. People might not even associate that with their brand. It's fine. But at least you on the inside will say, I can put this out consistently. And then over time, when people see this color on my LinkedIn profile, on my resume, or if I have a business and my business cards are this way, or my website has this color incorporated in it, they'll start tying those pieces together and know that to be your brand. And then fonts, same thing as colors. Picking a font that you'll always use is always helpful to create that brand recognition. Three for non-visual would be vision, mission, values. And then three for visual would be logo, color, palette, and fonts. That is brilliant. I love how you worded that because I didn't even think about it, but I'm definitely in the camp of somebody who did the visual elements first. What that did is once I finally did develop the non-visual brand values, brand voice, all of that, that was what kind of clicked and made me realize, okay, this is what was missing because doing the visuals first, I ended up changing them like six times before I finally sat down and did the non-visuals and then everything just kind of clicked. Me too. That was literally me. And I think that's why I'm really passionate now to show people through my story as why it's best to go the other way around because I created a logo, created a color palette, chose fonts and created a website for a brand I'd never felt attached to because I didn't know what the brand really was. So when I went backwards, then I was like, the visual elements almost came second nature. That is so important to do that because otherwise you will be changing things continuously. There is no actual strategy behind it. I know when I first did my brand colors initially, it was my favorite colors. It wasn't like any reason for my brand or for my clients and wanting to attract them. It was just, I chose my favorite colors. (laughs) There was no strategy behind that. Yeah, that's me. I think my favorite color is shifting a little bit, but it's great that the color psychology behind my brand colors, which is like a deep green, does reflect what I want my brand to show. So it ended up working out. I was not thinking about color psychology before I chose it. I was just like, oh, I like this color. I'm going to use this. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that. So I'm so glad you're pushing to the forefront for people to do the non-visuals first. I feel like that's definitely going to save people a lot of headaches (laughs) if you take the time to really dive into that first. Exactly. 
Awesome. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about what type of clients you work with and how people can work with you. I work with working professionals and entrepreneurs. I really truly want even non-entrepreneurs to realize that they all benefit from a brand. So oftentimes I work with young professionals who are just starting their careers and wanting to build a brand off of their expertise so that they can carry it within the workforce and outside if they want to create content or want to have speaking engagements and really become a thought leader in their space. So if you want to become a thought leader in your space, if you want to start a blog, if you want to just share content, but then also want to have a corporate career or a workforce career and don't necessarily want to start your business, I am your girl. I will help you figure out how to do so in a way that will never take away from your day job, but show you ways that you can enhance your overall life by incorporating other elements to keep sharing and highlighting your passions and your purpose and your expertise. That is amazing. We will have all of your links in the show notes for you guys to check out and to connect with Salima. That is amazing. I love talking about branding and I feel like it's so, so beneficial for every entrepreneur, especially, but I love that I've been opened up to more types of people need personal branding because I don't know, I've been in the entrepreneur space for like 16 years. So that's like all I think about now. I love that. I didn't even think of it, but it is so important for professionals out there to create a brand around themselves instead of just having a resume that lists out your skills. And it goes back to that website quote of yours that I'm just obsessed with. Your business or your career is how you're used and your brand is always going to be how you're remembered. Branding is never going away. So we could talk about it for years and years and years to come. I do work with entrepreneurs. I wanted to clarify because I think a lot of times people only associate branding with if you own a business or run a business. So I wanted to just emphasize that workforce professionals can have brands too, but I love working with entrepreneurs and helping make sure that your clients or your customers are experiencing your brand, not just using your products or services. You just made me think of something. When I was a child, my father was in the union for General Motors and he held a high position in the union and he kept having to rerun. And I remember seeing his posters. I just had a flash of those posters for his reelection. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is personal branding. (laughs) And I totally didn't connect the pieces to that, but that's fascinating. It's always been around us. I just think now people are actually starting to call it what it is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so helpful. I love branding and I think it's so essential for everyone. I feel like even more so for anyone, I feel like introverts having a strategic personal brand is going to help you show up in ways that are going to feel comfortable for you. So I think it's so essential to get these pieces together and clarified because I always say clarity equals confidence for introverts. And I think having clarity around your personal brand, it's really going to help you stand out in the online space. Absolutely love that. Yes, I completely agree. Thank you so much for being here. This is so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvertpreneur.com and at theterrorread.com, where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. 
And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvert coach, where I share more introvert friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.